What images do you want on Safari? This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye. And as you might know from the previous episode, I'm in the process of getting ready to go on Safari. I'm heading to the Masamara for a few days, then Serengeti, and then Sabi Sabi. Great combination, loads of photographic opportunity. And therein lies today's question is when you're going to a place, when you're going on a safari or an expedition, whether it be Svalbard, Great Bay Rainforest, Iceland, Mara, Sabi Sabi, Mala Mala, Singita, Uganda, it doesn't matter, right? If you're going there on a photographic trip, obviously, by definition, it's photographic. So how do you prepare for that? How do you set your expectations for the type of images that you want and that you will hopefully get? Now, before we get into this, it's important to once more say the following thing. And I don't care if you're going to photograph the solar eclipse in Utah in October, or if you're coming to the Great Migration with me in August, or if you're coming with Svalbard in May. It doesn't matter. Right. If you travel for nature photography, and you judge the success of the trip, or the expedition, or the tour, or the safari that you're doing, if you judge the success thereof on the images you get, you're going to fail outright every time. Guaranteed. However, I feel you should still be going to a place with an idea of what you want to create, with an idea of the images you want to get. How do you do that? So just before I started recording here, I spoke to Trevor and Luke, and I asked them the same question is, when you go on safari, do you prepare? Do you, photographically, so to speak, do you go and look for images? Do you plan ahead? So Luke's first answer was, no, not at all. He just goes in and he will approach it photographically. Lean into your creative eye and creative voice when you're there and say, this looks cool, that looks cool, there's potential there. Trevor said no, he would do some research as far as if someone else in the office has, for example, been to this place, he would go and look at the images, just scan through, might go and look at the area and so on and so forth. And then there was a bit of a discussion that ensued where Luke also said, Yana, cool, he'll research the area, but he doesn't go in with photographic expectations. Now, this is interesting. If it wasn't for photographic expectations, I suppose companies like us would have a tough time because I want you to go on a trip expecting to get images, but you should not base the success of your safari on whether you get the images or not. Right. Now, with all of that said, how do you approach this? What's the best way to go mindset-wise into a photographic safari or a tour? Right? Let's start with Svalbard. If you go with me to Svalbard, there is a very good chance you will see a polar bear. Our strike rate, I shouldn't say this, but the strike rate's been very, very high. Can't say the exact number because I'm going to jinx it. It's 100%. But um, the, the, the idea is you'll see one of them. Now, if you go too deep down the rabbit hole of looking at polar bear images, like, for example, if you go and look at some of my polar bear images that I've been able to make in Svalbard, and you think you're going to get that, you're probably going to be disappointed. Why? Because I've been there 10 times. I've had hours and hours, days, weeks, probably months by now, in the field making those images. We used to put out a thing called the Top 100 Greatest Masamara Images of the Year. We did a couple from the guides where we would share, all the guides in the office would share a number of images and in these blog posts, go and look for it, it's just the Top 100 Mara Images. And each year, and the collection would be insane. Now someone looks at this and they think, hmm, I'm going to go with Jerry to the Masamara for a week and I'm going to get stuff like that. You could, 
but you might not. There's a very good chance, but probably not. You know what I mean? Because those are the combination of hours and hours, years and years in the field. However, I've said this before, if you go on a private guided trip with me, and I know you want certain types of images, I'll say to the client, listen, go and look at images of, for example, the Serengeti, and send me stuff that speaks to you. Send me stuff, send me images that you like from the place where we are going. Why? Because it feeds your photographic voice so that when you're in the field, you have a frame of reference. You think, mm, this is cool. Hey, these open expanses in East Africa don't scare the shit out of me because I'm used to shooting in South Africa, which is very closed, right? And you're, you, can, you can work within the constraints of that new setting. You also, I think, if you, for example, have a lot of images in your mind that you've looked at, whether on Instagram or from friends or from a photographer, whatever, that if you have images in mind of Moru copies, for example, in Serengeti, beautiful black and white images lying on top, dark sky behind. If you didn't know that's possible and you were to drive through this area, you might see this big boulder and you think, oh, that's pretty cool. It'd be nice if there's a lion on top. But the depth of your, the depth of your vision of what's possible will be so much greater once you've done this, once you've looked at other people's images. The catch here is that if I show you, for example, some of my image from one of my last Serengeti trips, I'm speaking Serengeti now because I'm going there in a couple of days. For me even, if I look back at my images from my previous Serengeti trip, there's a very good chance I am going to be a little bit disappointed. Why? Because on that particular year, right, shit just went down. It was... It was, we had lions and trees with rainbows behind it. Uh, literally, um, if, you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see these kind of images I more than likely will never see again, right? It was insane. We had lion climbing trees, which is, it's possible, right? But if I look at my images, I have a big-ass male lion in a tree, beautiful backgrounds. Um, it was just once in a lifetime. So if I'm going to go look at these images... And I say to myself, this is what I want. I am setting myself up for disappointment, guaranteed, because there's a chance it won't happen. I think what images like this does is it teaches your photographic voice, it teaches your creative voice that there is the power of possibility. It teaches you that you should be open to anything, but don't expect it. It shows you that you should know that a lion can do this, even if it doesn't. One of the things I always say to people in the field is, don't just settle for the shot you have. Go for the shot you want. So that would be a male lion at the base of the tree. Yes, get the shot. But be aware that he can do things. That anything could happen at any given time. On that particular trip as well, I'm thinking back, uh, we had at Lake Ndutu, there was a wildebeest carcass in the water, and this lioness walked into the water, basically called her cubs. They were all in the water looking after, well, looking after, feeding on, this, um, this carcass in the water, and if you zoomed in tight, it looked like this thing was in the ocean. Those are type of images that I've never had until that point. I couldn't have planned for it. However, I think a lot of people photographically, when they go into the field, they play safe. They play within their boundaries. They play in an area where I'm going to bank this. I'm just going to get this. I'm not going to try anything else. And I think if you approach it from that point of view, I think, first of all, creatively, you should be trying different things, multiple exposures, slow shutter speeds, and so on and so forth. But you should also be open to different things. 
I've seen people on safari miss amazing shots because they were so shocked that the lion or the leopard or the elephant did something. It's like, he shouldn't be doing that. Yes, John, shut up and take the picture. You know what I mean? They time get lost. So for me, if you're going on safari, I would suggest that you go and research the area. Go and, so, so what I did this morning early is I'm staying at a new lodge where I haven't been. I've been to the area, but I'm staying at a new lodge in Morukapi's area with my client. So I went onto Google Earth and I zoomed into every aspect. I know where the waterholes are. I know where the rains. I know there's an elevated copy. I know if the sun sets, there's going to be shadow on this side. Because that is the, that is the, the photographic inspiration, nutrition that I need. Does that make sense? To, in order to plan for my trip. So when we're there and I can look and say, okay, cool, the sun's going to set. This line's very bright, but the shadow is coming because it's going to set behind the mountain. Right? Now, I do that for my clients. They don't have to. But I would still recommend that you do. Because the more you know, the better it gets. I would go and look, even on Google, and go to the area and say, Moru copies. Go to Google. Because people upload pictures from that location and see what they get. It might be crappy images. might just be Tommy tourist type images. But maybe you'll see something. Hey, that backdrop could be amazing. Hey, check. There's an open plain with just one tree on the western side which means I might be able to get a silhouette if the sun sets behind it. That's the level I would like to see people go to when they go on safari because that's when you're going to get the better shots. The more you know, the better it gets. Now, the idea of expecting certain images, bad. I think you should go in with the idea of this could happen. Might not, but it could. It's strategy. It's the art of war, if you want. It's going in ready for anything Knowing the playing field, even if you haven't been there, you know you can go onto Google and you can get an idea, you can get a feel. You can go and Google Earth your lodge and see if I'm sitting in whichever tent, there's a view of the waterhole. Cool, so I'm going to take my tripod. Might be a bad example, but you get what I'm saying. I think you have to go onto a trip expecting something, expecting to get great images. But you shouldn't stake the success or your own happiness or even self-esteem in some cases to not getting those shots, right? I'm keen to get back out there. It's been a while since I've actually photographed in Africa because I've been to Iceland twice, Chicago, and I, I, I literally only looked at my, my Serengeti images now because of this, but I'm going to go through it again. I'm gonna, I've seen some of Johan and Mike's images that they brought back from their recent trip in the same area, so I know what's possible. I know that if I get to a sighting and there's a big-ass boulder and there's a male lion sleeping 200 meters away under a tree, I know there's a good chance thing could happen. And photographically, I'm going to know. It's, it's, it's giving your photographic mind, your photographic voice, your photographic eye, just that little bit of a, a booster that it's ready for things when it happens. So you, you'll get, your strike rate should be more. It might not be, but it sh could be. And hopefully will be. <laughs> You know what I mean? So anyway, I'm keen to hear if you guys have any questions or thoughts on this, how you plan. Because if I'm going to a new destination, let, let me put it to you this way. I'm going to photograph the solar eclipse in Utah in October. Right? Not my game. I haven't done that before. I'm loving landscapes, getting more into that. Yesterday I was looking at my solar filter that I need to get for this. But when it gets closer, I'm going to look at a shit ton of images of solar eclipse. I want to see what they've done with it. I want to see how they've composed with it. Not because I want to copy necessarily, so I know what's possible. I want to look at exposures. How do they expose this? How do they process this? I'm going to then go and Google Earth 
the area where we're going to stay and look at that area and say, where are the peaks? Where are the valleys? Where's higher ground? Where's lower ground? Go to Fitterpools, which is a great app. You can track the sun. Where's the shadow going to be? Where's what? And so on and so forth. And based on that, I'm going to take all of that information. I'm going to have it in the back of my mind. But when I get into the field, I'm not going to rely on it. I'm going to use it as necessary. And I think that's where the win is. That's where the win is, is having the information, the photographic inspiration, the local area knowledge, all of those things in your head. Don't expect to execute against it, but have it ready for when you need to. That's it. Let me know your thoughts. Keen to see how you prepare for a trip. And this goes for both places you've been to and not been to. So, Anyway, guys, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for lending me your ears. I will chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wilder. Have a good one. Bye for now.